If you're actually in community with the people that you're trying to serve, you can serve them a hell of a lot better because you actually know what they want, you know what they need, you know where they're struggling and where they're falling down and how you can help them. Welcome to another episode of Real You, Real Money. I've got a glorious guest today who I'm really excited to share with you all. Her name is Ellie Trier and Ellie has the most gloriously unique and yet so familiar approach to marketing that A, I think is going to be, is going to really appeal to a lot of you and B, is so relevant for how I know lots of people are feeling at the moment and I'm sure Ellie's more than aware of this, that I think it's going to be such a useful episode for so many of you to hear. So let's dive in. Ellie, please let us know who you are and how you got to do what you're doing. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the lovely intro and everything. So I am Ellie Trier and I help introverted people, neurodiverse people, misfits, people who feel like they are wanting to sort of opt out of the very kind of shiny, shouty, bro marketing stuff that we see a lot (laughs) online. I help them to connect with and communicate with their people in ways that feel loving and gentle and sustainable and take into account kind of different energy levels with chronic illnesses. And and I'm neurodivergent myself. I'm autistic. I have ADHD. I have CPTSD. So, you know, a lot of the stuff I teach is lessons I have really learned the hard Mm. way. (laughs) Yeah. And it came about really, I mean, my background is in marketing from way, way, way back when I used to work in tourism and hospitality marketing back in my 20s. And I went self-employed back 2005 I think Ooh, you're old school in I'm the online world <laughs> yeah well I started off I had like a proper brick and mortar business <gasps> I ran a hotel wow so I learned how to do business mm. before webinars even existed what <laughs> it I is possible no <laughs> So that's kind of where I cut my teeth. And then I started off doing marketing and, and various things. I'm an artist as well. So I had a stint of, as, a, as a freelance illustrator, which doesn't pay very well, mm-hmm. but I didn't enjoy it. But one thing I did love while I was doing that is I started doing these kind of community projects, which is something I've sort of become known for over the last mm-hmm. few years, which is just a lovely sort of sustainable way to send up a flare on the internet, sort of marketing wise. Mm-hmm gather a bunch of people together around an idea so you don't have yeah. to be like look at me look at me yeah I'm so great <laughs> you get I to love- just like if you want to do that though I'm not adverse to <laughs> I better look at me I'm so great <laughs> just saying <laughs> well you know it's nice to be the center of attention sometimes <laughs> But a lot of a lot of the people I work with, the, the idea of that being like the center of attention, yeah. all eyes on me is just yeah. petrifying. So this is a really nice way to kind of get a lot of people looking at you mm-hmm. without actually being the one standing in the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I guess as well, it really puts your message and your purpose and your impact and those things front and center, mm-hmm. which can so it can sometimes feel like it has to be you front and center I would argue as much as I'm joking slash not joking about liking to be the center of attention I genuinely do I'm owning it but equally no one wants to hear just me 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 like in reality it like but they what they want to hear is what you've actually got to say exactly exactly and what you stand for you know I mean 
we're so used to seeing all of these sort of personality brands all mm. over the internet and a lot of it is is artifice you know it's so yeah. shallow you don't actually know kind of who that person really is what they care about what their values are mm. and and I, when I do business with somebody I want to know that they're not you know I don't know secretly funding Nazi parties or yeah. something you know not <laughs> <laughs> that that's where your breath went <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think also there is a real thing sometimes when we make it, and and this is like quite a tricky line, I think, and I think what you do makes it so much easier to avoid this. I know as a money coach particularly, I have to be very careful not to sell lifestyle aspects. Mm. So, and the, the reason I find this tricky is because I do think you know, who we are and how we dress, for example, if this is important to us, if we like art, if we like all these different things, then those are important aspects of who we are and they, they, it's okay for them to come across in our work. And what we don't want is people buying from us because they think, oh, she can buy a new dress every week. She mm. starts, she's shopping in this place. Like you're selling your lifestyle, which we, again, like you say, we actually don't know how the person's funding that lifestyle. It might not be from their business. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. It's yeah. it's dangerous territory. It really is. Okay, so what led you to that belief in in community particularly in those sorts of um like what maybe not what led you because you've sort of answered that. I guess more like what have you found to be true about those community projects? Like what happens in them that is worth you building your whole business around? <sighs> I think they are the perfect antidote to this sort of toxic online business Mm. culture that has grown up. It's Mm. less and less so now. People are more kind of aware of ethical marketing practices, although that has also been co-opted as a buzzword by Mm -hmm. people who are not ethical, which is frustrating. But still, people are a lot more aware of kind of not kind of pushing on people's pain Mm. points or manipulating money out of them and things like that. Yeah. But it's still relatively kind of new territory. Yeah. And I find that a lot of the people that I work with, they don't realize that they don't have to play that game. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are sat there going, oh, I really feel shitty about my lead magnet, but I have to have it because so-and-so said so. Yeah. Or I actually, I don't have the bandwidth to be on Instagram all the time, but I have to do that because that is marketing. Yeah. So a lot of my work is just kind of giving people permission to do things in a different way. Mm. And the way that I I kind of advocate for is human-to-human relationships. Yeah. We can't build audiences in the same way as we could five years ago you know Mm. we as a culture we are fed up of constant streams of content we've got kind of content shock they were talking about that five years ago we've got social media shock we're 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 so much savvier we can spot all these tricks Mm. and things and we're really pissed off when we fall for them Mm. but if you're actually in conversation in community with the people that you're trying to serve not only can you serve them a hell of a lot better yeah, because you actually know what they want, you know what they need, you know where they're struggling and where they're falling down and how you can help them. But you're also able to to build a lot more trust. You're mm-hmm. able to, you know, I mean, I have repeat customer. I think nearly 40 percent of my business is just people coming back and buying from me over and over and over again. Yeah. And I only have like three or four offerings. Mm. 
yeah. people people learn to to trust you they know you as a three-dimensional human being yeah. or not some guru or some avatar kind of out there and apart from anything else it's just a hell of a lot more fun you know yeah. you drop the pretense I've never been any good at that anyway because I'm autistic as fuck so I will you know I can't be anything but what you see right here like this is just what you see is what you get and trying to kind of be the guru or some mm -hmm. bullshit like it's it's never going to work for me anyway so let's just hang out and have fun and I think for a lot of us who are neurologically diverse so I have shared on the podcast before I'm almost certain that I am not diagnosed with but self-diagnosed with ADHD and a lot of us are kind of allergic to small talk like that is <laughs> our nope can't do it and I know it's not just people who are neurologically diverse although you know just saying you might be but um, but a lot of us really like we're literally allergic or not literally but we feel like it's it's the worst thing mm. and that has always been before I had any idea any idea that I might have something else going on with my brain that has always been such a bonus in my business mm. like it's been such a brilliant thing that I'm able to go deep with people super fast mm. I actually use it as a kind of attract and repel thing and always mm. have like I'll always, if I meet you at a party, I'm probably going to overshare something and know when I do that, it's a test. <laughs> I, so yeah, exactly. It's a proper test. I'm like, can you deal with me oversharing? And if you can't, you're going to walk off and be like, that woman's weird. <laughs> and if you can, we're probably going to be all right. <laughs> and that's what I do in my business as well. And I think what you're talking about is so gorgeously open to people's supposed idiosyncrasies like I I don't really think of that as an idiosyncrasy but like I know other people would and it's really open to us showing up as ourselves which is mm. such a powerful thing yeah you have to let people fall in love with you you know mm. oh okay that's that's gonna be massive a lot of people are gonna hear that and go like nope <laughs> what would you say if someone's like on the like I don't know I was gonna say on the end of a phone like when do I think this happens like uh -huh. I don't know listening wherever they are what like, and, now. <laughs> yeah, like I'm on live and kicking getting them to the <laughs> oh wait what was it I feel like I might even know the song anyway sorry what what would you say to them if they're going let people fall in love with me are you kidding me like what would you say to that <sighs> I tell you what, it's not a quick fix. I'm not mm. going to be able to say something like, oh, you just do this and then it's all yeah. fine. It's a process and it's it comes down to really you being honest with yourself and understanding why that frightens you so much. Yeah. And then taking steps to try and kind of gently expand your comfort zone a little mm. bit over time. Yeah, it's not easy, especially for those of us who are who are introverted, you know, you know, that have all this wonky weirdness in the brain showing up as who you are is dangerous a lot of the yeah. time especially I mean I, I know this was true for me as I was I wasn't diagnosed until my mid-30s so I spent so much of my life being told that I was wrong and mm -hmm. not understanding why how where I was you know where I was misstepping like what the fuck was going on yeah so it wasn't until I got my diagnosis and went through that process which took about a year of kind of processing that information and assimilating it to be just like all right I'm a fucking weirdo and I can't be anything else. It's got nothing to do with, you know, anybody else. It's just who I am. It's the way I'm wired. I have this hook I can hang that on now to mm -hmm. explain it to people. 
and that was kind of all I needed and then I just yeah. showed up Love and it that. was such a relief yeah and people responded to it like nobody's business mm. like yeah. it was it was so easy to keep going because as soon I was like you know what here I am <laughs> people just loved it and it's that's the irony isn't it we spend so much time protecting ourselves from what we think is going to be unlovable and actually it turns out that we are hiding what is lovable <laughs> like, it's such a and it's a really tricky cycle I was also going to say I was single for a long time well I say a long time I thought I was on the shelf I was actually 23 by the time I like got but I'd never I'd never had a boyfriend ever like for until I was 23 and then don't worry I made up for it but <laughs> my year of it was one year of experimentation that I met my husband but it was a busy year <laughs> But I was told over and over again, and I read in all of the like trashy 90s and early noughties magazines that you had to love yourself before you could get a boyfriend, that you had to be okay being single before you could get a partner. And one of the things that I think, and I, and luckily, unsurprisingly, I had quite a lot of wisdom as a young person. I was basically this version of me, even as like a 14 year old. And I remember being like, I don't think that's true. I don't think that I am going to learn that I am lovable from somebody else just when I'm always on my own. And I think that's true in business as well like we think oh I've got to understand that I'm lovable before I get clients <laughs> and that they're going to fall in love with me before they fall in love with me but I think you learn so much from like you said letting them in letting them see you and then that's when you're like oh why don't, what's the quote when she goes they like me they really like they really me, like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's that like I've said over and over again I was so scared of being visible online I love my face I love the way I talk. I love my voice, which I used to hate. In fact, I want to say I love it. No, no, I do. I do. But I'm also very indifferent to it at the same time. It just mm. is. But that didn't come from, I didn't G myself up and do that before. It was a process of being in that thing, just like, and I was right about the relationships thing, being with my now husband taught me, and he still teaches me that, that I am lovable. Mm -hmm. You know, like that was, that was part of that together. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. And I had a very similar experience with my husband. Like I didn't mm. really understand the whole concept of love before mm. I'd said it. People had said it to me. I yeah. Really. I just kind of went along with it until I met him. And then I realized like, oh, fuck, that's, that's OK. Mm. Now I get it. Yeah, <laughs> that exactly. wasn't until I was like, yeah, 34, 35 or something. But I think yeah. one, one something that's really important to mention on this topic is that I think the, the, the key really is to learn how to, to be okay or know that you will be okay if they don't love you. Yes. Yes. If you're just showing up and you're just, you just are, and you're like, here I am. If you want it, it's here. If you don't, bye. Like yeah. having that and cultivating that sort of feeling is, yeah. you know, that's oh, the secret yeah. of the universe I think <laughs> totally absolutely and actually that is a part of that whole story is one of the things that happened was my mum died when I was 20 and I started I got depression when I was about 21 22 22 like reactive to that situation went to therapy thinking it'd be all about my mum dying and it was all about relationships it was all about this situation with me not having 
basically I just wasn't taking any risks I was so scared to be like turned down by somebody and so I asked this guy out who oh my god thank fuck he said no I can't tell you <laughs> so I texted him my my therapist was like you I need you to ask somebody out by the time you come back next time and so I did it and he said no and it was that him saying no that actually kicked off the year of experimentation as we call it because I was like oh I didn't die I'm fine (laughs) I'm fine this is okay and actually that's why it's like we think such linear thinking isn't it we think we've got to like become totally okay with ourselves then we can show ourselves to our community and actually it's a messy scramble of both at the same time but it starts exactly like you say with like that knowledge that you'll be okay and you'll probably lose that knowledge multiple times. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a process, you know, yeah. we're human. We have to keep learning this stuff over yeah. and over and over again in new and different ways. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're always going to be learning something. I know, right? Why? <laughs> I keep being like, am I? No, not even nearly no, not done. Yet. Not no. even. And also, I don't know if you're the same as me. I bloody love it. I complain about it. But then I'm like, what else do I need to know about myself? So intrigued. I by thought myself. I'd done this. Well, what else is yeah. there? So one thing I noticed on your website, you've got a framework on there. Mm-hmm. And it's a con- kind of continuum framework. And it has, I'm trying to, I think it has connect at the top, then mm-hmm. nurture, then grow. Mm-hmm. Now I've heard lots of, is it? Okay. So I've heard lots of people talk about when they talk about marketing, and I just thought this was super interesting. They say grow, then nurture. Mm-hmm. And yours felt like a different way round. Yeah. And I wanted, oh, I'm so, and that's on purpose, by the way, by the way, you're looking. Yay. Can you talk to us a bit about why it's that way round for you because I love that it felt to me like not that the growth always comes last but it felt like those two bits the the nurture and connect happen before grow often can you talk to us a bit about that absolutely I think that a lot of the way that that marketing is taught is that we need, and business in general, I mean, you can look at it in the the online space, but also kind of in business in general. There's this idea that if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm. So constant growth on growth on growth on growth on growth on growth on growth. Yeah. For no purpose other than to amass more and more and more and, you know, it's a never ending thing. That's not really relevant for mm. those of us who are running little one person or you know one or two people businesses from the comfort of our, of our own homes a lot of the people who I'm working with they're doing this because they cannot function in yes. the real world of work yes. they don't want to grow and grow and grow and make millions and millions and millions they just want to be able to keep a roof over their head have a decent life and just kind of stay there like yeah. that's exactly what they want what they mm-hmm. need so I think putting grow like front and center is mm-hmm. is not where people want to be focusing. Mm. And it's also what's the point of collecting a whole bunch of people if you don't have systems and processes in place to actually communicate them with the communicate with them effectively, sell yeah. to them effectively, develop those relationships over time. Yeah. Because 
the customer journey generally is not find you, see what you have to offer, buy it immediately. It doesn't yeah. work like that. Lead yeah. times, particularly for things that are slightly softer, like coaching or healing or mm. art classes or something like that. Lead times are often much, much, much longer. Mm. And, you know, you might be following someone on social media or be on their email list or something for literal years before you ever yeah. decide to, to work with them. Yeah. So the reason we start with Connect is because... The easiest way to make money is with one-to-one services. Yeah. The easiest way to make money with one-to-one services. Yeah. The fastest way to cash. It's the thing, you know, I primarily do group, group programs these days, but every mm. now and again, if the coppers are looking a little bit low, I'll pull a one-to-one thing out of my back pocket. Yeah. I really want everybody to hear what Ellie just said, <laughs> like, so much, because so many people, and this is, I'm going to say... I'm trying to just do a quick scan of my brain. I feel like it is 100% a money thing often in that you can charge less for group. People feel more comfortable charging less. And so they're like, but then I'll, so I'll do a group because then I can charge less and I can, but actually, especially when you're first starting out, especially if your audience is on that smaller end, that means you're having to sell to multiple people to get the same amount of money that you would have gotten if you just sold to one person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, I understand it. And I'm always like, it's like, please do the money one. <laughs> do also, the money one that allows you. Also, you don't really know how to put together a group program until you've practiced with multiple one-to-one clients. Yeah. And you can see the patterns. You can yeah. see what needs to actually be taught. Yeah, absolutely. So the Connect piece, the way I teach it, I do, I have two programs in my Connect piece which are confident connections which is all about kind of getting over your fear of visibility it's a very kind of quick intro Mm -hmm. to to what I'm all about and then we do love is greater than numbers which is all about developing one-to-one relationships networking growing Mm -hmm. your connections understanding how to spot the right people to work with having a little bit of strategy behind it so you're not kind of going out there and just kind of wanting to talk to every single person you know we have limited energy yeah you need to be able to spot who's going to work for you in whatever you know capacity that might be yeah learning how to do that without prejudging like I want you to be my clients and that's the way this has to be so that's I think is the most important skill that you can learn as a business owner it's it's one that you should learn kind of immediately if you can start Mm. off that you can start talking to people you don't need a website you don't need a social media presence you don't need anything you just need an offer and the ability to say hi I'm Ellie this is what yeah. I do yeah everything else can come later like yeah I'm laughing because I keep thinking my tactic would be to like drop in something inappropriate and see if they still stick around <laughs> 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 I just tell you something true. really inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> all right I don't do that in people's dms I promise <laughs> it's true though it's about figuring out like are you are you a kindred spirit are you like one of my kind Mm. of people are we going to click yeah and I think a lot of it we know we've talked about dating a lot so far Mm. but a lot of it is like rather than thinking oh will they like me are they going to be my client it's like do I like them do I want them to be my client I want to work with them is this does this feel good can I help them yeah like (laughs) yeah it's yeah anyway then we have the nurture piece, which is actually my favorite piece. I came up in working with some of the, the biggest content agencies in the UK way, mm. way back when content marketing was like, oh, if you, mm. I say this a lot, if you had a blog and a Twitter account, you were like streets ahead, you know? <laughs> 
And I did a lot of digital communication. I love newsletters. I just think they are such a glorious, slow, gentle way to develop relationships kind of en masse. Yeah. So the nurture piece is all about email marketing. It's all about how do you actually stay in touch with people? How do you kind of keep those relationships warm? How do you use your email list to actually build more connections? Mm. Have rose relationships, like understand your people. And that's kind of, that's where I sit most of the time. I'm connecting with people. I'm doing my emails. I sometimes do a bit of Instagram, but it's always been like the icing on top of my marketing cake rather yeah. than the meat of it. But every now and again, you do come to a point where you need a few fresh faces in. Yeah. Like that's just, especially if you're selling things that, that happen over and over again, if you've got group programs or things like that, you need a little influx of new people every now and again. Yeah. And that is where something like a community project comes in, where you can do one big splash once a year and mm -hmm. gather in enough people that you can then go back to connecting with them and nurturing yeah. them. And so what the whole the, thing goes what does the community what do the community projects actually look like so for people to get an idea because when you say community project they might not understand I know because I've seen them in action in fact <laughs> I've been part of two part of at least couple, yeah. yeah what would they look like at the most basic it's it's sort of like a summit, but yeah. completely not like a summit. Yeah, it really is so much more gentle than a summit. Yeah. So my, much less in your face. My favourite thing to do is to take internet whizzy marketing things and completely mm. rip them apart and put them back together in a lovely way. Yeah. So the community project is that, basically. It, it goes on for a month. It's a, a, a sequence of daily or weekday emails depending on a whole bunch of factors mm -hmm. with a different person sharing their thoughts on a central theme every day coupled with some place to go and discuss so primarily we've done that in Facebook groups as more and more people are leaving Facebook we're kind of exploring lots of different ways to kind of gather yeah. people together and and do that in different ways but basically it's a big long conversation that happens over the course of a month and it's very very slow and very yeah. interesting and you have lots mm -hmm. of time to sort of process things yeah which you yeah. don't get in a summit no I mean part of the problem I would say with summits so I think they can be done well but a lot mm. of it is the kind of like you've got 24 hours to yeah. watch this <laughs> and you're like and if not you're gonna have to pay me like this much money and you're like which which I'm sure obviously it works people do it but it just makes me go no like my rebel probably comes out I'm like no, I'm not gonna pay you like you gave me like a minute to watch that yeah. But yeah, I love, and I think that the lovely thing with what you do as well is there's, it's very tailored, like there's various ways. Whenever I've been invited to do one, mm -hmm. I've been like, uh, you can do this or you can do that or you can do this. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a few different options, which is really, and I'm always going to do a video because that's easiest for me. Mm. But I know that some people would be writing something. Someone, people would be doing like a audio. There's yeah. lots of different things people can do. Yeah. Yeah so, yeah. so it's great. It's great for the people who are kind of contributing, but it's also yeah. great for the people who are receiving it because it kind mm -hmm. of touches on lots of different learning styles. Yeah. You have the kind of the opportunity. I always bottleneck with videos like I just save them up and then never watch them. Yes. So it's nice to have like written content in there yeah. as well or interviews. Yeah. It's just yeah 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 and I think with like I'm sure you're aware of this like there's a lot of discussion at the moment around Instagram and how that's shifted and a lot of people are 
really worried i think it's a beautifully horrible like <laughs> converging of lots of things the last couple of years the cost of living stuff the recession and instagram like there's a lot of unease in the air and obviously what you offer is a really lovely alternative to what we've been taught is the way we have to market yes yeah absolutely so if someone is in that space of struggling with Maybe it used to work one way, or maybe, and I think this happened for a lot of people, they never felt like they got there, like, got used to Instagram, and now it's changed. Mm. Like, they kind of know, but they never quite got consistent with it, or whatever it was, and now it's all changed. What would you suggest to them to kind of move into creating a community that doesn't rely so heavily, particularly on one social media like Mm. Instagram? The, the first thing you can do, in fact, if you could do this like last year, that would be great, is to make sure that you have your own platforms in place. So stuff that you own, stuff yeah. where you are paying for a service that yeah. you have complete control over. Yeah. So an email list, a blog, something that doesn't rely on podcast, podcast exactly. Something that doesn't rely on the whims of Mark Zuckerberg, basically. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. any anybody else who... Yeah is offering you a free service, Mm. using you as a content farm to make billions off your labor. Don't get me started. (laughs) Ellie looks completely like dispassionate about this. So there's no- (laughs) Oh, I'm waving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that they have managed to brainwash us all into thinking that social media is synonymous with marketing makes Mm. me absolutely livid. That said, that's not, madly helpful to someone who's like struggling it's like oh yeah okay but do look at starting a newsletter if you don't have one starting a blog if you don't have one starting a podcast if you don't have mm-hmm. one have some way of communicating with people who are interested with you in you that mm-hmm. you have control over yeah the second thing to do is to start looking at the people who are already interacting with you So maybe you had somebody who was on your Instagram who was commenting on lots of, or maybe you do have an email list and you have somebody who's like opening every single email, clicking Mm -hmm. on every single link. Reach out to them and say hello. Mm. Like start to build relationships with the people who have already said yes to you. Yeah. This is the other thing that winds me up about this growth, growth, growth mindset is that, oh, I just need to get more people on on my list is something I hear so often. Mm. I'm like, all right, well, what are you doing with those people on your list? Mm. You're just sending out like mad broadcasts, like a crazy person. (laughs) But you've got, what, 50 people sat there who have said, oh, you sound interesting. Tell me more. Yeah. People go out and fucking email every single one of those 50 people and sit down with them and have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Take like 30 minutes and have a chat. What do they need? What are they looking for? Why did they sign up for you? How can you help them? Yeah. And start like making making people out of just random email addresses. Stop just collecting random email addresses for no fucking reason. It's such a problem, isn't it? We have, we see people as sales. Ah. Like we see people as numbers on a like followers or subscribers and not as the humans that are on the end of it. There's I have no my respect um, in that. No. Like, respect the people who've said yes come into my inbox yeah. thank you 
I say that a lot to people when they're like, yeah, but, no, but I don't have enough people. And I actually said this on a post today. And to be fair to the person, they were saying they'd, they'd posted something and they did only got six likes. And she was like, but you know what? She's an artist. She's like, I sold that painting that I only got six likes on. So she was saying positively. And I was like, mm. six people came up to me in a day or DM'd me and said, Ray, I love your coaching. Or I really like that post. I'd be del- one person, by the way, feel free to do this right now to me. I love it when I get a message like that. I'm just trying to like feed my ego. Me too, me too. But, yeah. <laughs> me and Annie, we're really open to that at any time. But I love getting an email or a DM. Like it, it will literally brighten my whole day. Just one will. Yeah. If I got six emails in a day, I'd be like, well, I am. I am on my way. Like this is fire. Yeah, I, I think I'd be like, I think seven figures, I'll be hitting that tomorrow. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone thinks I'm great, but we get six <laughs> likes and it's a failure. Mm-hmm. On like six people went, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we see it as this failure with six people in a room, like 50 people. 50 people in a room is a lot. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a room I would be intimidated to walk into. <laughs> That's what I love about social media. I can do those bigger numbers without being like, oh God, take me away. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. I love that that like that reaching out to people as humans. I also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the last few months, which was when Instagram has been really wonky, I've been sharing this with a few people in my DMs lately. My Insta- my email open rate has gone up 15% in that wow. time. So my email open rate, I have a relatively small list for the sort of thing I do. And my email open rate is 50% at the moment. And it used to be a solid 35 and it needs a clear out. It could be higher. So I think that tells us that people are not seeing us online is not necessarily a bad thing because it's leading them to open our emails more where they get that real connection and where they also feel in control of things. And I think that's such exciting information mm-hmm. and by the way it's not going down if I email more I'm in the middle of a of a launch an encouragement period <laughs> <laughs> I always call it an intense period of selling <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sending like I mean I think it's like nine or ten extra emails over the course of two weeks mm-hmm. and I get emails from people I don't know if you're your people will probably find this very helpful to hear because I know my people found it very helpful to hear I get emails from people saying oh I love the way you're selling this yes I get that too <laughs> yes oh this is really interesting that yeah. email was so valuable like thank yes. you yes yes like something that that really frustrates me I've just written a big thing about lead magnets which is going out my Sunday letter next week about how it reinforces this idea that the marketing is somehow separate from value yeah we need to I mean earn the right to sell is it's a tricky concept because you know you shouldn't be a dick and all the rest of it I don't really know how the best way to articulate it but I don't feel like you do have to earn the right to sell you're a business you're allowed to make money like that's just yes absolutely I think you have to earn the right to people's attention I don't think you're entitled to anything but I don't think you have to earn earn the right to sell yes articulating that out loud has clarified it for me thank you um but the whole idea of this kind of I mean I've heard it called like an ethical bribe which just makes me throw up in my mouth like how confused I know yeah just just in case anyone's confused there's no ethical bribe (laughs) that's an oxymoron that doesn't make any sense um and the fact that you need to bribe somebody to have a relationship with you that's fucked up from the get-go like oh my good god what what a time to be alive (laughs) 
so bribe what and so they're saying like if you are offering value then you're earning the right to sell like that yeah like if you if you give people a freebie when they sign up to your newsletter then they'll know that you don't just want their money and you can just like put them straight into your fucking funnel and get their money out of them but yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know a really, really great value a really awesome newsletter that comes yeah. out on a regular basis and develops a relationship with the person sending it and gives you great content and insight constantly. Like that's brilliant. That doesn't need to be something that you have to apologize for. I'm sorry, I got really ranty. No, as you should. <laughs> and I think, you know, you can do an amazingly generous and brilliant and valuable lead magnet. Where the problem with lead magnets comes in when we do them just like you said when we have because we have to yeah. and I've done that like I once had a lead magnet and that was out for ages and I read it back and it made no sense <laughs> it was the tenses were all over the place I was switching person I, can't, I was like oh my god that's horrific I've also signed up for lead magnets I can think of one particular that promised me a load of coaching questions. It was going to mm. give me the most powerful coaching questions. Yeah. And I quite like like stuff like that the, to provoke because ideas tend to come to me via mm. external inspiration. What do you call it? Inspiration, yeah. So I'm I quite like something like that. I will very rarely use what's actually there, but I find mm. it really helpful. There were no questions in the thing. <laughs> it was a complete lie. I got it almost like, and I, I will never buy from that person because I felt so hoodwinked. I've actually yeah. been in a, pro, they're a really well-known coach and I've been in a program with them and I was like, it's you, <laughs> how oh, could God. you? But yeah, it's so interesting. I think that like, I think people get really tied up with the value they can give and all of that. But if, you're, if your focus is on community and nurturing, it frees you up to just share with them the stuff. Hmm. Because your your aim is not to buy, not for them to necessarily buy from you, although that's what you would like. But your aim is really, like you said, is to connect and nurture mm. that connection. Exactly, exactly. And this wonderful thing happens then is that you have a lovely time and yeah. people give you money. Yeah, and they do buy from <laughs> you. So before we've, I, I knew this would happen, and we're really like close to time. But I really wanted to ask you this question, and we've led really nicely to it. So. One of the things I know that people struggle with when they create a community, when it is a real connected, genuine connection, genuine relationships kind of community, the bit where people sometimes get tangled up is exactly what you just said is in the selling to them, then giving them their money, asking them for money, because we get this kind of, what's it called? What's it called when you have a codependence? Codependence (laughs) happens. What would you say when, if someone's in, maybe there's going to be people here who've, and I've, I speak to these people regularly, they've built the most glorious, sometimes really big, but sometimes just really intimate communities. Mm. And they are struggling to actually ask for the sale in there. And sometimes they're getting kickback from that community as well. That's mm. the less glorious community, but that does happen. But yeah, what would you say to that? Well, I think... If, if you're kind of new at this and you're just building your community, yeah. you have to build in the fact that you are a business into your messaging, into yes. your community. Yes. 
Yes. Like you're not, totally agree. you can be friendly, but you're not going to mm. be best mates with everybody. You're here yeah. as a business, you're providing a service, you've got mouths to feed, you've got to keep a roof over your head, mm-hmm. you are a business. Yeah. If you're not making like money, it's not a business. Mm-hmm. If you're just handing out freebies all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be okay with, you know, being upfront about the fact that this is a business. And one of the ways that you can do that is A, by just selling naturally. And by selling, I don't mean like sitting everybody down and saying, right, okay, now I'm going to sell to you. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I have this program you can find over here. That's really going to help you with that. Like there's a whole section on on XYZ in it. That's going to be really useful for you. Um, or oh we were just talking about this in the in the in the call on, yeah. on this sort of thing and this is what came out of it yeah like just talking about the stuff that you have on offer yeah like yeah that's selling I think in my email newsletter I mentioned something I have for sale in every single newsletter mm. and even if it's just like a link like oh when we did uncommon email last year we were talking about this and it's just yeah. like a little link and that's it yeah but it's every single Every single day, every single thing I go out, there's, there's, you know, I'm talking about what the stuff that I offer, the principles that I teach. I'm getting people to buy in with my philosophy. Yeah. You're inviting them as well, right? Yeah, like exactly. I think there's an element of in those sorts of communities where it's really important, especially if you've got like a group program going on or whatever, where there feels like there's a community within the community. It's really important to put out that energy if you can come and sit with us. Like you're invited, you're welcome. Yeah. This is not some secret thing that you're not. And sometimes when we go down that earn the sale thing that you mentioned, mm. we actually train because we're trying to earn the sale so hard. And actually, of course, there's no point at which we feel like we've earned it. And so we carry on quite yeah. frequently. Then we train our, our community not to expect us to sell. Exactly. So this kind of natural, just like mm. naturally talking about yeah. what it is that you do, not letting people forget that you're a business. Yeah. It doesn't mean like ramming it down people's throats all the time. It's just, yeah. it's natural. The other thing is if you're kind of first starting off, if you want to kind of build an audience before you start selling something, then you can kind of sort of get people to make sort of micro commitments along the way. Mm. So they get used to you asking for stuff love that so even if it's just click this button to see this or you know pop your email address in here for this it's something like that you give them the opportunity to be like oh she asks me to do stuff and then yeah I can choose whether or not I want to do that so then when you go like oh come and buy this they're like oh that's just another one of the things that she asked us yeah rather than oh but you've just been giving and giving and giving how dare you stop giving to us like which yeah which I see happen yeah (laughs) I see that happen when you don't and it's why like and I think we'd have to do a whole nother podcast on what to do if you're in that situation (laughs) but I think if you aren't in that if you're building a community learn from the people that have not done this and do put it in from the beginning don't make the mistake of feeling like you know you have to wait. And I totally agree with you. I've written multiple posts about not having to earn the sale. It's one of my favorite topics because yeah. I think, you know, you don't have to earn, earn the sale. You can ask for money straight up. You're just inviting them. You're giving them a choice. And you're also giving them a shitload of free value just by mm. showing up. It, even if all you send are like weekly emails, that was going to be so much value. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you so much. So I have some quick fire questions that I always ask at the end of the episode. So the first one is, finish this sentence, money is? Beautiful. Oh, I love that. You're the first one who's ever said that. (laughs) Love that. 
brilliant and then the second question is do you have any books fiction non-fiction business whatever that you've read recently that you loved what was your like last one that you'd recommend oh the last book I read that I loved is kind of niche it was a biography of a artist at the turn of the century called Suzanne Valadon Mm. who was contemporaries with Toulouse-Lautrec and Picasso and Renoir she was a Paul girl who started off as an artist model and ended up being a spectacular artist yeah and that was kind of amazing and also kind of oh, a bit exasperating that you know the patriarchy yeah so that was really great I also I read Burnout Seeking oh. Yourself in Your Stress Cycle and that I'm... I referenced that so much <laughs> yeah me too I think the last person I interviewed also said Burnout like it's such a good and you know it's the first self-help type book that I've read that actually references the patriarchy like actually talks about I don't think I've read I know there will be others mm-hmm. but it's the but mostly it's just ignored and it was so refreshing um, when I read it quite a while ago but yeah it's, it's awesome really recommend yeah. their podcast with Renee Brown as well oh I haven't heard that it's very good and then the last question is if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life Ooh. what would it be Oh my God, that's a terrible question. <laughs> How could you ask me that? That's... Nobody loves that question. <laughs> wow. Oh God. I want to say something like decadent, like mashed potato or something, but probably I've had the same breakfast for the last two years running and I absolutely love it. So it would probably be that. What is it? It's a, it's a oh, sounds really naff. It's a spinach, <laughs> it's a spinach milkshake. But... I love spinach milkshake. It's it's so good, and it actually means that I eat vegetables because I quite often, with with all my neurodivergencies, mm. I get lost in work and I forget to eat, and then I end up having something really terrible, like yeah. flakes for dinner or something. So I have this spinach milkshake every breakfast, and it means I get like a massive pile of vegetables every single day, and I don't get scurvy. Nice. So... Yeah, I used to have a, a spinach smoothie like every day and I haven't done for ages I'm gonna have to get back on that now you've said that yeah very tasty (laughs) thank you so much Ellie can you let people know where they can find you and what you've got going on at the moment as well so best thing to do is come over to my website elitriacommunities.com hit the big yellow sunday letter button and sign up for sunday letters they're my weekly email they're where my original thinking content happens where my community lives they're my favorite thing to do and they are much beloved by my people as well which is very gratifying because I like that nice <laughs> um I occasionally I'm on Instagram Ellie Tree Communities less mm-hmm. and less these days but yeah sign up for Sunday Letters shoot me an email say hello welcome to the gang and what I've got going on at the moment in a couple of weeks we're just wrapping up a launch for Uncommon Email which is my email marketing mm-hmm. program and then coming up just before Christmas we're probably doing Community Magic which is my community project we'll be doing a live round of that all of my programs yes. are evergreen and then a couple of times yeah. a year we do like a live round which has extra bells and nice. whistles so we'll probably be gearing up for a live round of that before Christmas nice nice thank you so much this thank has been an absolute me. joy I'm so glad that we've got to talk about some of the things we've got to talk about particularly now it feels very good timing and yeah thank you Ellie You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Before you go, I want to share with you something briefly, something additional to everything you've listened to already. And that is that there has been a real shift in my work lately. You might have noticed the podcast has been given a new name. I have been talking a lot about this concept of the real you makes real money. And essentially, I want to share that with you all. I want to go into detail about it with you. And 
it's I would say the biggest skill I have learned in my years of running this business both as a business owner and as a coach so what I've learned from running the business but what I've also learned from being a coach being coached myself and from working with hundreds of people at this point over the last five six years one of the biggest skills if not the biggest skill is how to show up as yourself because I want to be really really clear and many of you listening to this will know this it's not easy it sounds like the easiest thing in the world it's simple but it's not easy and so I want to invite you all to come to a masterclass I'm going to be running called revolutionize your money making in three simple steps that are to assure you completely you it's going to be on Wednesday the 28th of September at midday of course there's going to be a recording so you can watch the playback if that's better for you the replay but I really want to invite you all to this I'm going to be going through the three points obviously that it talks about in the title I'm going to be going through a framework that I've developed about how to show up as the real you if you're someone that loves my work come along if you're someone that's been considering working with me come along if you're someone that is ready to step into those ambitions that tap 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 away at you Uh, When I first started out my business journey, one of the only things I knew was I was meant to make more money than I was at that time. I had this really deep sense that I couldn't explain. And I now would say what it was, was a desire, but a really, all desires matter. Sometimes we have these like deep knowing desires and it was a deep knowing desire that I wanted to make more money. Some of you might have that. Some of you might know that you are meant to be in a bigger space than you are right now, an expanded space, a deeper space. If that's you, come along. I love to give loads of value at my workshops and my masterclasses. You are going to leave with tangible stuff to do, things to think about. They are meaty you know I'm not, you know, this is supposed to be a short outro, clearly. (laughs) I'm one for words, lots of words, but we're going to go deep on it. And I'm really excited to share this with you because in so many ways, this has been the work that I've done in my business. And I can tell you when I step away from being me, my earnings drop. When I step into it, my earnings rise and I want you to be able to really see that for yourself step into that for yourself and build a business a money-making business around that way of doing things and your first step to that is coming along to that workshop so Wednesday 28th of September 12 p.m British standard time summertime we're still in there will of course be a replay if for whatever reason time zones anything else you can't make it but you're not going to want to miss this one, I promise.